So what does it mean to work from home 100%? This seems such an obvious question and such an obvious answer, but, but is it? What does a hybrid model mean? Uh, this is, these are, again, some really simple questions, but actually very quite complex answers. And today I'm happy to have Luke Camperman with us. Uh, Luke is going to be sharing some of his thoughts and ideas and uh, together we're going to be discussing some of these concepts. So uh, so without further ado, I just want to introduce Luke Camperman of Elderhoin. Luke, how are you doing, sir? It's great to have you back on OSW. Very good. And I'm actually uh, in the office today. Yes, you are. You are. Uh, and uh, do, do you go into the office frequently or do, what, how do you work that schedule? Well, that, that uh, is almost a, a, a very personal question. My wife <laughs> and I decided that it was better for me to uh, spend maybe two days a week in the office. I love that. Um, I, I yeah, now with the continuous working from home uh, and, and the kids still not going to school because they go to um, public school in, in Park Slope. Um, we uh, yeah we think we have to start uh, finding new new normals for ourselves and uh, so yeah two two days a week I just bike in and there's there's actually no one on the floor except for me so there we go yeah. there we go and and I won't pull at the thread that you and your wife both decided uh, that this should be your work schedule I just leave that alone there look and people can come <laughs> to their own conclusions <laughs> in what they want so uh, so th look I'm, I'm excited to have a conversation with you and you've sent me some great questions which we're gonna we're gonna dig into but before we get to that I first want to ask people if you can hear me can you please give me the thumbs up because some of the issues that uh, I had specifically yesterday uh, during yesterday's live stream a lot of people reached out and tried to let us know that we could you couldn't hear me uh, so, uh, unfortunately though, it wasn't on the live channel, it was on my phone and everything was switched off for, for the actual, uh, for the live stream. So if you can, please do give me the thumbs up so that I know I can be heard. Um, and the, I just want to sort of point out a few things, uh, related to, to the, to the show, uh, there are links below. Um, if you want to connect with Luke, if you have questions for him, also Luke's just released a white paper on activity-based working. It is, I'm working my way through it to say that there's a lot in there would be an understatement. And there are so many snippets and tidbits that are so important that I've taken them and I'm going to be sharing that with my organization and my executive team at NASDAQ, um, to, uh, to sort of give guidance and sort of ways of thinking. And it's, I encourage you each to sign up and actually get a copy of it yourselves. If this is your first time coming across the channel, thank you for taking the time this morning. I hope Luke and I provide you with value. If you have questions, please do drop them in the comments and uh, you know, and if they pop up, then Luke and I will take a look at them. We'll, we'll get some questions. Uh, I do want to also notify you, of, we've just started a recent Discord channel. There's a link in the description. This is where the community comes together to share information and learn from each other all around workplace, all around work and employee productivity. I encourage you to go in, sign up, Whenever you go through, you're going to come to a welcome and a rules page. On the rules page at the very bottom, there's a little green arrow or a little tick sign. Check that and then the whole Discord channel opens up to you. If you don't, you get you see very, very limited information. You don't see what the value of the channel is, but there's so much great content being shared there. So I encourage you to do so. So look, um, you know, as we were setting this up, uh, typically I try to find content that actually is out there in the media that people can talk to. But you sent through to me here. Here's here's four questions I'd love to really dig in and chat with you. And and I looked at it and I went, well, I don't really need to do any homework on what the content is because I think what you've sent through is 
at the forefront of everyone's mind, be it an executive, be it a company owner, be it HR, be it workplace, be it technology, whatever it is. And I think it's really important that we that we kick in with this. And I just want to sort of kick off because the first question you, you sent through is what does it mean to work from home 100%? And it, the answer seems so obvious. So I just want to throw it out there. Isn't the, isn't the answer just obvious? Uh, no, I think it isn't. <laughs> um, it, pro- it probably is for everybody, you know, who's who's uh, listening in to this and, and uh, welcome. Good morning or good evening, uh, everybody. Um, now, it, it, what, what concerns me a little bit is that um, it differs, right, so much. Um, like with, with an office, you sort of can control what you offer to people, right? And people working from home, um, if you if you think from an inclusion and diversity point of view, you, you don't really control. You can, you know, um, like uh, some companies like Facebook, they were quick in having some, um, you know, budget available for everybody to have an upgrade of whatever they needed. But at the same time, the the leaseman um, data uh, from um, working from home is showing that it makes a huge difference if you have a separate room, uh, like a working room for you at home, if you have a dedicated work spot, or if you don't really have anything at all and you mm. just you know need to use any any sort of spot in uh, at home. Um, and it has a huge impact on how effective and productive uh, people feel. Um, and that's not easy, you know, right, to, to make that, you know, sort of equal uh, for everybody. Um, and, and we know people who, you know, um, just joined the workforce and have a very different setup than maybe people who even were leaving the city to go to their second homes and have a, have a setup. So I think my concern is a little bit at the moment, and I'm in these conversations like yourself, Steve, is there is sense-making happening at the top, you know, at an executive level, but there's also huge sense-making, you know, uh, from bottom up. And these two have to come together. And I think that's a struggle that I'm seeing at the moment. And um, we, 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 you know, we should be mindful of that. We should uh, keep that in mind. But the one thing that strikes me most when I was, you know, prompting you and myself with that question is that uh, definitely I feel after a few months, I can't work from home like 100%. That's my my personal experience. Um, but when I was doing some more research for myself into it, there was one thing that really um, strikes me. And we we memorize things often by places that we're in. Mm-hmm. And so we try to make sense of the world um, by using, you know, all, all of that memory together. And I was I was thinking about this because one of my girls, and they are nine and 10, um, I think really struggles with the, the homeschooling and paying attention and paying focus. And I think for her is like day in, day out, it's, it's like, it's the same. And um, I think we should not underestimate what different uh, places and, and spaces do to us. And almost for yourself, and this is a question to you, Steve, do you really remember like what you sort of did four weeks ago, what you did about, you know, eight weeks ago and 12 weeks ago? Um, I don't know. Do you have that clarity with this in mind? I, I just wonder. 
we, we always look back with a bias, right? And a bias towards where we are today. I think we always look back and almost try and find where this place today, or we have a hypothesis of what today is. And we look back on a bias to find out, okay, this is what I did those period periods before that got me to where I am today. But can I, can I remember emotionally, physically, the interaction of, you know, the workplace and what it went, what it meant for me to travel to the office, to sit with the team and all those things. Yes, I miss it. But actually the nuances that I miss, um, I do have a bias towards them. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's, that's where I would come from. Is, is that sort of what you were thinking with your question to me? Yeah, I, f I think the, the, the core essence is that for us, primarily some creative thinking and to absorb a lot of new um, knowledge so for, from a learning perspective, mm -hmm. it is crucial to be in different uh, places. And so if working from home is the only choice we have, then we miss choice, right? And with, you know, all the knowledge and the research that you just were referring to, we also know that in activity-based um, offer setups, people who truly use that in a mobile way, uh, way and who truly use that choice between the different environments, they uh, significantly feel way more productive and effective. And I think, you know, sometimes we underestimate by being stuck in one place, how that sort of drains us in, in our energy. Yeah, and, and you know you're talking about that, and I'm reading your 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 uh, the white paper this morning, and as I said, I only got through the first the first part of it because it's a it it is a it's a monster, but it, it's it's so fascinating as I mentioned before, and what's resonating with me is you know I'm applying it to what is my life like today, what is my home setup, where do I go to just everyday life, you know yes life I have a I sleep I eat I relax I work. And where do I do all those different things? And I, and I have different seats for those different activities. You know, I, when I get up in the morning, I have a seat. I have a place I go to where I sit down and I have my cup of coffee. I don't go there during the rest of the day, but that's what I do there. Now, I'm fortunate in, a, you know, I have a, a, my home allows me this opportunity to move between different places. I know when I walk into my office that I'm here from what 530 in the morning to whatever time it is at night. And that's what I'm only here to do. And then I don't come in here the rest of the day. Then I go to sit, relax. Obviously, I go to the kitchen to cook, whatever it is. So I take those principles and I apply them to just exactly as I'm reading your research and uh, and applying it all to that. Nice, nice. That is good to hear. <laughs> that is good to hear. Now, and and I think the other thing is that um, is there one answer to that? You know, what does it mean to work 100% from home? Yeah. Um, it it depends on the perspectives, right? And we all. Um, and I think this whole community that you're building as well, Steve, we're all reading the different research papers and et cetera. And I mentioned already um, Leesman, but, you know, I saw JLL recently and, and uh, other, you know, real estate advisors who, um, who frame it in such a way that they say, like, people working from home, they miss cre creative uh, collaboration and the social interaction, you know, hugely. So therefore, there is, you know, the office is needed. So the mm -hmm. office is not that. And I guess if you look at Leesman, um, we see that people working from home on a, a, a hundred pound scale, you know, they score 74, whereas average uh, officers score 63. So mm -hmm. the overall effectiveness and the sense of productivity is much higher. Yeah. 
Um, but then, uh, and I think you refer to it in your chat with Phil uh, Kirshner as well, GP Morgan is saying like it has impact on the productivity levels and they want to bring most of the people back to the office. So I wonder what sort of data people are using. And for me, data is um, essential, but most important is um, are you asking the right questions? And so there is in almost should not be one answer to, you know, uh, what does it mean to work from home or, you know, what is a hybrid model? But are you asking the right questions to yourself so that you can start finding the right answers? So what is the right question to ask then? That 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 will, again, differ a little bit per organization, but you have to start from uh, your strategic uh, uh, planning perspective, right? Who, who do you want to be as an organization? What are you after and how are you how are you getting there? And and that should always be your starting point. And, and I feel I actually miss that at the moment um, that uh, also some of the conversations that I'm in, it's, it's the jumping ahead. You know, it goes from one extreme to the other extreme and um, people can work from home. They seem to be productive. So. Or, you know, like GP Morgan to say they're not productive, which I don't fully understand what they're doing wrong then because Leesman generally showing that everybody almost feels more productive at home. But the, the question then is, is that the one single thing that is important to you? Mm-hmm. You know, what about uh, well-being? What about, you know, work-life balance? And um, what about less uh, carbon-based uh, emissions? You know, so what what is important to you as an organization? What are you going after? So you have to define based on your strategy, what are your guiding principles and and, and your guiding questions to find uh, uh, the right answer? And I feel that that is uh, uh, quite tricky. And, and some of the organizations that we're dealing, they tend to start into planning mode. You know, they already think they know the solution and they start planning. This is the time to do more observation and sense making. And if you don't do those steps in a proper way, um, without a doubt, you're going to make some planning planning mistakes. I love how you always remind me, you know, the physical environment, the way you design the physical environment has to come from the actual strategy of the organization. And it can't be the other way around where sometimes often, you know, people do make that, you know, take that uh, misconception that actually activity based working is based on workplace design, where actually you, you always kindly remind me, Steve, no, it's not. It's, it's all about strategy. And it is, it is so important. Um, now, what, do you, what do you see? Yeah, what do you see? Within, I mean, you probably can't talk, you know, just uh, about Nasdaq, but what do you see as one of the the struggles at the moment in finding some of the, the key questions? So I think that, I think that, I think people know the questions. I want to say they know the questions, right? There is surveys that people can do and you can get a response from surveys, right? And you can ask questions that sort of, you know, double check your people's answers just to sort of ask them in different ways, right? The challenge we have is we don't know the sentiment behind those questions. We don't know um, the interpretation of questions because one person reading the question and another person reading the question can interpret it very differently. Um, and you know, I, I know that whenever I write a question related to workplace or real estate, I know what that means, but I may use vernacular that other people 
may not interpret the same way. We know when we talk about agile work and we know when we talk about uh, things like agile work is probably the best example because if we send that out as an organization to people, it means so many different things to so many different people. And taking that idea, we put that out to a question. So, so I think there is a first step to actually get the question, but then we have to follow up with you know interviews, focus groups for specific things. And I think those are the strategies. I think people know what the questions are, I think, look. I think it's more of, okay, we have the information. How do we then determine it? But then also, what is the end game? And, you know... People, but that's that's my that's I think that's my point. Yeah, go on. The, practi the practical questions are yes. probably not so much the issue. Yeah. But what are the bigger questions? Yeah. Behind the questions that help you with what framework you look at that data and that you're collecting and and you just refer to the end game, that means that you have clear in mind, you know what you, uh, what you're after and what your priorities are. Um, yeah. At a strategic level. Yeah, and I think at the strategic level, I don't think people are really know what the end game is because we don't know what what that future looks like. We don't know what the opportunities are, um, and at that strategic level, it's really hard to make those decisions because no one wants to make a decision that's detriment to the organization. But I, I challenge most organizations, if you were to ask yourself six months ago, okay, if, if my entire workforce had to work from home for the next six months, what would be the impact on the bottom line? And many organizations would have said, you know, catastrophe. Some organizations may be suffering, other organizations may be excelling. Um, different departments are probably excelling, some are suffering. And I think each organization can really evaluate some of those things. But, you know, what it really teaches us is the human is, is such a great adapter we are able to maneuver, we're able to change. And, and the challenges, and I was actually watching a thing this morning, um, our neuroscientist was talking about, you know, the one of the benefits of what we've all gone through is all our neurons and our brain have been refocused and recalibrated because we've had to alter so many aspects of our lives during this time that actually we're learning so much about ourselves, we're learning so much about those around us, and we're so, learning so much about the environments that we interact in. And I think it's uh, I think most organizations are in that moment at this time where we're trying to find, OK, what does that end game look like? And I think it can be a struggle. And that that's nice, right? Because that um, refers to why, you know, one of the, the, the other things that I mentioned is that that adaptive change, you know, that that constantly being in that learning loop, because there's so much, you know, things that we are learning. And where maybe, you know, pre-COVID, we fought more in a linear, you know, uh, process, change mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. um, nowadays, you have to, because, you know, we did not know where we would be right now, uh, six months ago. And so that, that constant sort of observation, reflection and sense making should not be just one step. And then we've got the final answer, right? That That is a constant loop. And I think that is for, um, um, you know, real estate and, and event professionals together with HR, together with IT, like how are we organizing that process, that learning loop, and how can we then implement, you know, pieces of that and learn from it again? It's, uh, I think, one of the, the opportunities um, we have uh, moving forward. So how do organizations think about that adaptive change? I mean, how do you do that? Because obviously, if we're going to chats, surveys, focus groups with, with our employees, I mean, that takes a huge amount of energy and time. 
and then doing those adjustments. So what's the best way to monitor and, and make those adaptive changes? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, the, the, the speed of the cycle, you know, is something that you can determine for what, you know, suits the organization. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Um, and um, that speed of cycle will be different for real estate than for FM services, than for IT infrastructure, IT software, um, HR systems, um, culture, team agreement. So all these cycles have different sort of speeds, right? Mm-hmm. And you, I think, need to um, look at, okay, what, what are the ones that we can dial, you know, on the short term and learn from, and we can adapt and change relatively easily. Um, you know, of course, at the end of the day, there are bigger ones. And, and you know this, like, you know, if you have a, a lease deal and a refurbishment, et cetera, yeah, you, you're not doing that every every year, right? Or right. And, and yes, there is a change happening in the real estate market and more flexibility is, is um, what we are seeing. And the whole, um, you know, co-working and flex spaces have a, um, a huge impact on those cycles and, mm-hmm. and what they look like. Um, the the key thing is indeed to find that uh, uh, process of constant sort of, you know, setting your aspirations and your vision, exploring, being clear on what are the, the measures and what are we observing to give us, you know, um, intellectual data. Um, how do we do, and this is for me is important, um, how do you do the sense making? And the sense making is not just um, by these professionals, but indeed with you know people who work in this way and in different ways. And um, that that to me is like an important thing that that is not like one loop now, mm-hmm. and then we think we got it for the next you know one or two years, and then we'll do another loop. Yeah. That is like how can we you know build that into um, the organization, and then how you respond to that. Um, um, yeah, needs to be more agile and adaptive than probably what we had, you know, in the past 10 years. Yeah, and I think what 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 we've seen over the last six, seven, eight months and what we sort of foresee in the future is, you know, perspectives have shifted dramatically. Perspectives from the organization, from leadership, but also employees and how that differs through the entire, you know, portfolio, if you want, or the different businesses or locations that businesses operate. The perspectives is just like, it's just, I can't get over the change. And I give you a tip, you know, many people I talk to where their organizations were absolutely 100% assigned seating, but actually, and employees too, that's all shifted, you know, um, people want to be more adaptive, people want to be more mobile, people want autonomy. And how do you then provide that autonomy? Um, but then how do you do that so it's not detrimental to the organization that it's achieving the team goals? It's allowing the individual to achieve their individual aspirations also. Um, yeah. So it's it really is uh, the adaptive change model. I I actually love that principle. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, there has been a huge mental shift, right? And what yeah. we think is uh, is possible, and what we didn't foresee, you know, uh, being possible in 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 the near future, and and so that sort of that unfreeze um, moment has happened. You know, and and unfortunately for uh, quite a dramatic, you know, health reason. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, we need to use that momentum rather than to go back into a freeze, um, which is the old change model. 
you know, we need to have now that momentum of, okay, if we are in the unfreeze momentum, how can we, you know, learn and, and adapt our change um, here? And um, the key thing for me is the fact that we started working from home um, in, in, you know, in big volumes doesn't necessarily mean that the organization was ready for it. So you can be ready for it, you know, from a, a technology point of view, you can be ready for it by supporting people a bit in the, the physical space they have at home. But it's, it's like with individuals, you go through different development stages. And it is very hard, if not even impossible, to jump stages. You know, there's, there is um, research that backs up that you have to go through the different uh, development stages. And for organizations, that's the same. So the fact that you started working from home uh, doesn't mean that the organization culturally is really ready for it. So underlying issues might pop up um, on a shorter term or a longer term. Mm-hmm. And so I think to fully understand and to assess yourself as an organization where you stand, not in the practical sense of what can uh, be done, but more at team maturity levels and social connection and functional you know, team connection and um, the psychological safety that is in teams and in departments and then in the organization as a whole. I think if we... Do not take that into our consideration and have a good assessment of that. Um, it, it could potentially be, you know, dangerous on the longer term and, and what we decide now and how we how we do it. Yeah, and you talk about psychological safety. You know, whenever employees are responding to these surveys, how much do you think psychological safety plays into the fact that they may want to work from home more days given the environment we operate in? I, I think that is absolutely, you know, it's, um, I always say when I do surveys with uh, 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 our clients, um, of course, you try to um, back it up with, um, you know, the, the right, you know, research and methodology and the right type of questions, etc. But people are fantastic in lying to themselves. <laughs> so if you, for example, ask people how they spend their day, they often don't uh, have a good idea of how much time they spend on emails and, and calendar and all those sort of things, uh, just yeah. to give you an example. And so you you have to be careful. And people respond to the context that they're in, right? So for uh, uh, I think it was with um, the, the, the IFMA community who recently did this global Delphi research. And 250, you know, global professionals, and I think you and I, amongst them, uh, Steve, you know, responded to who should lead, um, who should lead this work, you know, of the future uh, model. Yeah. And uh, they they pushed it to HR. You know, it's I think it was 62 or 65 percent who think that HR is um, uh, in the lead. And I think that is also um, looking back at the fact that HR, in their view, was not really having a seat at the table in the past, and that led to frustration. 
Um, but I think it's we need to be careful that we don't push it into each other's lap now. Mm-hmm. That this is a collective responsibility, and this is something we should do together. And I think it's not that real estate or FM or workplace uh, strategy teams should you know just push it out to HR yeah. because what I'm seeing at the moment is that it's happening uh, a little bit. But you don't want it from one silo, you know, to be jumping to the other silo, where there's also a little bit of okay. You know what? What do we do with with uh, with this? Because HR is is great in certain things, generally speaking, maybe not so great in other things. So rather than doing that, I think it's more the collective question: like, hey, how how do we all have that seat at the table? How do we work together um, in the light of business strategy, the culture that we're after? You know how we think we are uh, can become and continue to be that that winning team. Yeah, no, and you certainly went to where I was going to go. I mean, who should be leading it? And I do think it should be a, a collaborative, um, cross-functional team that actually puts it together because there are specialties that are required for whatever we think of the future of work. Um, and everyone needs that seat at the table, but they also need to be hearing each other's stories. They need to be involved in each other's conversations um, and also interactions with employees because there are going to be snippets of information that actually will resonate differently to each of those segments and the importance of those um, service functions for want of a better word within organizations to deliver that experience to employees is is imperative uh, yeah yeah and, and obviously I have an opinion as, as, as you can imagine on who should be running it um, it's not to say that I'm right or I'm wrong um, but I think it differs for our, each organization. I think there are many organizations that even real estate rules up into HR function anyway. There are organizations mm-hmm. where real estate runs up into the technology function, and there are organizations that it rules up into the CFO function. So everyone's perspective is, is very different. Also, I think whenever people are answering these questions, they think about the individuals who are currently in that organization today. So they look at who is the skill set to deliver this pr- given the, yeah. the actual uh, importance of the project. So I think there's a lot of bias those ways as well. Um, but I think whatever way the organization decides to go, whoever has that ultimate responsibility, I think it has to be, as you mentioned, a cross-functional team because there are so many important elements of it. But yeah, uh, but yeah it's important. I, it is important to get it right. I typically, uh, and, and I know we're getting close to uh, our time because we, we always go over always time go when we talk. Uh, I know. Um, but um, the most successful transformations that I've seen is where it actually um, it doesn't sit in any of those buckets. Uh, and, and so they all have an equal seat at the table, but it is someone who runs it as a program director uh, on behalf of uh, the uh, executives, um, because then you don't have in the, the, the decision making or the preparation of the decision making that there are, is a chance of always two eggs in one basket. Um, so that would be my advice. So who would be who would be that candidate? You would think about is it someone? Yeah, it could be someone who, who has been in the organization for many years, knows it well. Or, again, if you're moving to a slightly new direction, it could even be someone new. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's important to to know um, and to have a sense for different parts of the organizations mm-hmm. and for stakeholders and stakeholder mapping. Um, but it could be someone who has been running 
general project management uh, roles um, or who has been. Um, but I think, you know, someone who's out of the system a little bit, like you're still in the system of the organization. Right. But if you uh, are too deep in the system or in one of the silos, sooner or later, um, that will hinder you mm. and that will uh, decide, um, um, you know, where, where you're going. There's so many more things I want to ask you. There's so many more things I want to say. Look, but obviously the, our our time is 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 way past, and uh, we do need to wrap this up. I just want to be conscious of of your time. But look, I want to thank you for the conversation. I always enjoy chatting with you. I always learn things. I want to thank you for sharing the white paper that you've put together. I think it's a great resource for for the industry, and people should go check out the link below and, and get that white paper and do review it. I think there's information in there that is. That is really important. And if you made it all the way through watching the interview, thank you. I appreciate it. Please do subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. Do share the video and, and sort of the insights um, with others. And don't forget to join up with that Discord channel. There's a lot of really interesting people with really interesting insights that I hadn't seen before sharing information on that channel. So, so look, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Have a lovely day. Thank you, man.